Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. program logan and lewis ryan edwards benjamin albright filling in for the fellas along with kathleen hit us up on the phones 303-713-8585 or the koa centura health text line 56690 good morning benjamin it is morning it is definitely morning you have a delicious looking drink Sitting next to you, this Matt. I, I got a bone to pick with you guys. Now hold on. This this was actually Grant's idea. No. <laughs> yeah, right. You pawned it off on him. <laughs> Throw me under the bus already. No, First minute. This is this is the deal. I, I I went and got my own PSL this morning. Whoa, 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 whoa. Let's back up. We're not giving it cutesy nicknames. It's no. a it's a pumpkin spice latte. I I went. It's not a real coffee. I, I I told the barista your sad story barista. about how you'd never had one before, and this was actually a gift. This was a gift from the barista to you. The whipped cream was much higher uh, half an hour ago when I got here, but but they made this is not coffee. This is uh, this is a this is no. A, it, it, it has espresso in it. It's coffee. Um, oh. I even got a decaf for you because I know you're trying to kick the caffeine. Wow, I, I'm, I'm, you look at this thing and there's there's this sprinkling of some kind of sugary confection and cinnamon and, and what you went in there. Could, could you could you put a pillow of whipped topping on there? Could you, could you just just a pillow. This is this is the deal. This is the deal. Uh, you're going to break some hearts. Okay, and uh, legitimately, the, the barista I told him will be on at 9 a.m. on KOA News Radio, mm-hmm. and Ben's going to try your pumpkin spice latte. And so the barista is is probably tuned in right now mm-hmm. to hear mm-hmm. what you think of his delicious drink. He, he he put a lot of thought and heart into this. Right, right. I <clears throat> I just I don't. First of all, I don't understand the whole pumpkin spice latte thing because there's no pumpkin in this. It's just. It's just a, a, a dessert. You're, you're drinking cake. Then, then, Ben, whatever whatever you have to do to feel better about this situation, it doesn't matter to me. I'm just saying, don't hurt well, people's feelings. Listen, listen, we are, it's a, was a funky Friday? It's all positivity. That's yeah, what we do here. Super spreaders of positivity That's what on I'm the saying. Logan Lewis show. You so you are not about to jump on this show with the radio legends that usually fill this time slot and break people's hearts. You're just not going to do it. I am going to do it. That's what I'm here for. Um, <laughs> you literally hired me to be the voice of negativity. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know. I, I, maybe it's the generation I grew up in. That's we're the same age. And uh, it, we're, I just, I don't know. Maybe it was my time in the military. I don't, but like, I, I just, for me, it was regular coffee. Like all this other stuff. I've got all these flavors now. And then you, you got Grant something called passion fruit. I have a delicious ice cream tea with some passion fruit in it. Yeah, like this, T- tango or is it passion like a, tango? Passion or tango, yeah, yeah, it's delicious. I bet it, it looked really good. Why do, are you denying this, yourself? Does this, does this place serve anything for the men's section? Why are you denying yourself this wonderful flavored drink in front we're, of you? Well, we're gonna get a video of this. Free. We'll get a video of this during the break. Like I'm gonna try this thing, and we'll no, because you're gonna be like my kids. Like when I'm trying to get them to eat green beans or something, they're just gonna green beans are delicious. Well, they. they 
the point being, or broccoli, anything that's broccoli. Ah, the thing that they don't want to have, mm-hmm. they're going to go into it with a negative attitude, and as soon as they try it, they're going to make this like, oh, oh I mean, I'm going to make that face worse. anyway, just to just yeah. to, to spite you. But no, no, that's what I'm saying. Why don't you just enjoy yourself? Sit back. It's a Friday. Listen, you did a good job this week. You ate well. You've lost some weight. You can you can afford this. I think that was more the COVID than anything. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. Well. Okay. I wasn't going to say anything. But <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm clean now. I did, but I, I was recovering from. I, think I can't believe you took this know. picture and tweeted it out. By the way, at Albright NFL, you called me a basic B. Yeah. And then you said, got the pumpkin spice latte in it and everything. But see, that's your drink. It's not. It's not my drink. No one will ever know. Well, I'm, I'm about to tell <laughs> it'd, be our, it'd be our secret. Just I have a photo of you. Thousands of people listening right now. I have a photo of you with your drink, and I'm going to tweet that out here in just a you second. Can do that. Look at my facial expression in that photo. Okay. All right. Well, we're uh, we're off and rolling here, filling in for Logan and Lewis. Thanks for riding along with us again. 303-713-8585 or the KOA Centura Health text line five six six nine zero. Big game for the Colorado Buffaloes this weekend. They are hosting Texas A and M at Empower Field at Mile High. SEC action. We're going to have Rick George on the program in about an hour. So looking forward to talking to Rick. I got a lot of questions for Rick, not, not just about this game, but even just the, the whole state of college football right now. You got the NIL stuff. You got the d- different teams trying to join different conferences and, mm-hmm. and, and the, the realignment that basically is impending. I kind of want to know what his thoughts are on it. Yeah, I had a chance to talk to him last week. Talk about uh, I was talking about the run game, and he said, "Watch out, we're stacked at the running back here at CU this year." And, and sure enough, man, they, they're about four deep. So it's good. Uh, I'm going to give him his give him his flowers on that one. Yeah, uh, they certainly looked impressive. It's going to be a tough, tough task, though. Texas A&M is is 100 legit. They're a really good team. They're no Arkansas. <sighs> Listen, Arkansas, Arkansas was trailing at halftime in that game. I know, I know. By I the know. way, that game that game ruined me this weekend. I had a three-leg parlay that was going give, to give me 200 bucks, mm-hmm. and I had, who are they playing? Whoever it was, plus 19. Yeah. Okay? So, I mean, for me, it felt pretty good, especially at halftime. You, you took Rice plus Yeah, Rice. 19? Rice plus 19. Ugh. Listen, I loved that bet, especially when Rice was up at halftime. It even showed up on... Uh, what is it? Uh, Scott Van Pelt's bad beats. It was a bad Ar- you because all- Arkansas had the win. They didn't need to rush for that last touchdown. Now the funny thing about that, mm-hmm. interestingly enough, is the intersection of our show is that made you mm-hmm. because then you hit the over right. on that game. So you get what you wanted, but I did not. I missed my three leg parlay because Rice didn't cover. Mm-hmm. You hit the over. So it's not like I'm going to sit here and convince you that that was a bad move. Oh, it's a fantastic but it's just, move. But this is what... This is what it's just great coaching. Listen, this is what bothers me so so many uh, so often in college football because <laughs> teams feel the need to run it up in order to make their standing style look points. better. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It is style points, and it's obnoxious. You had the win. Arkansas had won that game. They mm-hmm. didn't need that last touchdown. I they mean, could have kne- knelt out the ball. They could have kicked a field goal. It did not matter. You needed it for the over. All right. I, I and, and I'm not whining because I missed the parlay. I'm whining because style points is it, a bit of a bummer. And it's a thing in college football versus like the NFL, where if you run it up, it doesn't matter. Um, but you know, I, I and and I don't, what are you doing betting on rice though? Like I like I like rice. I in, in the bottom of my Chipotle chicken bowl. Oh, man. But I don't like <laughs> rice for football. I thought that Arkansas would win. I just didn't think they'd cover 19 points. 19 points is a lot. Yeah. And and I was right at Woo least at, at halftime. I, I mean, I was feeling really oh, good. Oh, you were that. counting it up. You, I, I was surprised. I, it, within the halftime was 
I was surprised I didn't get text messages from you. Well, I had I, I had talking a little bit. The of other leg of the parlay was was, was still closer. Hot. Okay. Yeah, right. so I I didn't I wasn't gonna about to talk trash until I got there. But I was like, man, this is looking pretty good. And my my one is gonna cover. I had won the early matchup already. Mm-hmm. I just needed Rice to cover, and then I I can't even remember what the other one was, but the other one did hit. Yeah, and I, I basically thought I had already won it. And then I checked the score, like, ah, I'll just, you know, make sure it happened. And then I saw, I'm like, you got to be kidding me. That, there's only two minutes left in the game. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Anyways, I was a little frustrated. And last night was a little frustrating with Chris Godwin fumbling the ball. Oh, the it was, yeah. I was lucky I had Tampa on the money line. So Yeah, that crushed me because I had because I got in at seven. Yeah. I got like seven and seven and a half. I, was, I had like several bets Before out there. I got up to like ten. Yeah, I got in there like early. And I was, I was just counting that money. Mm-hmm. Already feeling pretty good. And they were about to run that in. And I was like, well, you know, the, Dallas will be driving down the field, but I think Tampa's going to stop them. They'll probably have to settle for a field goal. Maybe I get a little unlucky there, but it'll probably be a long field goal. And I definitely don't trust Greg Zerline. Yeah. Who, you know, honestly cost Dallas that game. I was talking to uh, Jeff Johnson on the way up in the elevator over in the sales department here, and he, he had uh, he laid on Dallas. Oh, yeah, wow. Like, wow. You know, so he thought he thought he was close to cashing that. Yeah, we have the pro football pick em up right now, KOANewsradio.com. And we got our leaderboard, by the way, brought to you by Circle K. We got our leaderboard up. You and I, of course, we picked Tampa Bay. Yeah. Most of us did. But, yes, Jeff Johnson had Dallas. There were some teams. I I was a little surprised to see that when I logged in this morning because it was you, me, Alfred, and JoJo, Mm -hmm. along with BK and Anthony. We all had Tampa. But Jack Corrigan, Jeff Johnson, and then Grant, did you not pick? I did not pick. I was okay. late to the party. I didn't pick. I didn't set up my account until this morning. So I would have picked Tampa, but of obviously it doesn't count now. Of course you would have picked Tampa. Yeah, yeah. That, that's that's the that right. That game pick. was a lot closer than I thought it was going to yeah, be. Yeah, it definitely was. Oh, definitely. Oh, I. This was a good good kickoff to the season. That was a well fought game. Yeah. No, it was a great game. We had like seventy something passing attempts in that game, though. Listen, I, I told you last night when we came on for a brief moment after the Rockies win. Nice win, Rockies. Mm. Nice road win. <laughs> It's a weird thing to say. Usually those things, when they're in the same sentence, don't don't actually work. It's usually like they just missed the win. Anyways, but I, I said last night, I was actually more impressed with Dallas keeping it close and the way Dak Prescott played. The, the thing is, though, they can't, that's not sustainable. There's absolutely no way they can continue to have Dak Prescott throw it 50 times a game and win games consistently. They need to involve the run game. They need Zeke. And why are they paying him as one of the top running backs in the league if you're just going to have him in for pass pro? He only had 13 touches last night. Weird, right? On 63 snaps. And this isn't even like a fantasy football. I'm whining because I have him as a first-round pick. This has nothing to do with that. I'm just saying. I feel like it does. Sustainability (laughs) for Dallas. Like, when they go back and look at this thing, Mm -hmm. they're going to say, well, yeah, Zeke didn't have a great yards per carry, but they also didn't invest in it. Well, and, and that's the thing that bothered me. I know Tampa's got a great front seven, and that running into that is not the not the thing you do. But the thing about it, I posed a question last night on Twitter. I said, I'm just confused what Dallas is paying all that money to Ezekiel to do. And everybody's like, well, block. And I'm like, well, duh. The, the question's a little deeper than that. If you pay a running back six years, $90 million, it doesn't matter if it's the best front seven in football. You're paying him that money because he's going to be effective against that. Otherwise, why are you paying him? They lined Zeke up at fullback last night. They had him in up there and blocking while they're throwing passes to Tony Pollard. That's a six-year, $90 million running back. Weird. That you're using as a decoy and a blocker. We're getting a lot of questions here on our KOA Center Health text line 56690 wondering uh, why we are not Dave and Rick. Well, first of all, we're never going to be Dave and Rick because they're legends and we're 
thrilled to be in their time slot right now. But they are uh, they are out today. Of course, going to be on the call on Sunday. We'll have our game coverage for the Broncos Giants starting at 8 a.m. But uh, we are Ryan Edwards, Benjamin Albright. If you haven't heard us or heard of us, we are on usually in the evenings, Broncos Country tonight. And we appreciate you riding with us today. Uh, so we have Rick George coming up here in uh, around 10 o'clock. We have Arch Stapleton to help us preview the Giants. We'll get to our NFL Pick'em coming up in the third hour of the program because we have real football, as we are just talking about. Last night, had a game. Both of us picked Tampa Bay. Have a game, full slate of games coming up this weekend. A reminder, too, also, we have our uh, Betfred Sports opening line show on at 9 a.m. So mm-hmm. we're going to actually go. So this will be more of the straight-up pick them that we're going to do coming up a little later on. This weekend, we'll get into the lines, mm-hmm. and we'll kind of pick against the spread and that type of thing. Yeah, looking forward to it. Get a chance to you know let everybody know what we think about these games coming up. By the way, I do think the Broncos are going to blow out the Giants this weekend. I, it certainly feels like it's lined up for that. Mm-hmm. I, I I think that Broncos fans have been conditioned for a while now to expect the other shoe to drop. So even when there's moments of optimism of like, oh, this is this well, is the year or this is the time, th- there's always the, but you know what? We, we've been let down before being excited. Well, think about the last time the Broncos were expected to blow out the Giants, though. Oh, I, I definitely well, remember that. Pat McAdoo and the, the Giants were Prime reeling. time. Yeah. Was that Sunday night football, I think? Uh, something. It was, it was Sunday Monday or Monday night. Yeah, but it, I know it was, it was a night game. An egg. Orleans Darkwa yeah. run up and down the field. They were missing their top three wide receivers. They were missing uh-huh. Odell Beckham. They were yep. missing Sterling Shepard. And, and, uh, was it Golden Tate or who was it at the time? I no, it remember. wasn't Golden Tate. Was it was it Brandon Marshall? No, it wasn't. No. I'm trying to think who. I can't remember who the third. But you're right. Yeah, they but were they're missing, missing the top three, three guys. Tight end. It was banged up. Yes, missing an offensive lineman. And then, and they had to start Orleans Darkwa at running back. Yeah, and they embarrassed the Broncos. And it was the beginning of a really brutal stretch because then the Broncos went on the road and got shut out by the Chargers. Mm-hmm. And, and that was the game where Trevor Simeon just got rocked right by their pass rush. Well, that was the one where. Uh, it was funny because one of the Chargers assistant coaches had leaked the game plan on how to stop Trevor Simeon mm-hmm. ahead of that game, mm-hmm. and uh, it, it made the way it made its way to like Reddit and stuff, and, and people were like, "Oh, this is not you know this is not a real thing." Trevor Simeon will you know, and then they came out and did exactly what the what that leaked game plan was and shut him down, just shut him Whew. down. And then they went they continued the road trip. They had a loss in Kansas City. Then they gave up over fifty points to the Eagles. Wasn't the Dolphins game in there too? So Gase no, that was the year before. Okay, I couldn't remember if that yeah, was that was that the stretch. end of the season before, when and that Gase was had put the uh, the onside kick up. Yes, you know? yeah. yeah, that was that of the Vance Joseph era losses. That was the one of the toughest because it's not because it's not so much that you thought well the Broncos should really win this game. They probably should have because Miami wasn't really a good team. Mm-hmm. It was just the way that Adam Gase kind of ran it up and 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 tried to embarrass the Broncos. Mm-hmm. That was the tough, thing. and it was a lot of mistakes too. It was a lot of mental yeah. errors. It was a lot guys of just were checked out. Yeah, guy, and and that was one of the moments. the The thing that I remember the most about that game is where you were like, Trevor Simeon's broken. Mm-hmm. Like he is, he is done mm-hmm. getting hit back there. Maybe it was at the end of that season, actually. Now that I think about it, but I just remember that was kind of the moment we were like, what they've been doing is is not even remotely close to being competitive in this league. Yeah, it was uh, it was it was bad all the way around. And I remember, you know, in that season or around that season, I remember having conversations with Steve Atwater about the Broncos. This was like a moral victory conversation and people were like roasting me for it. But I was having conversations with him and Andrew Mason about how the Broncos are so far removed 
at that time from competitive football. They need to go back to like a basic level of figuring out what what they are, mm-hmm. what they're trying to accomplish. Mm-hmm. Like, like think about that for a second. Think about Broncos football, and I, I'm not like trying to bum anybody out this morning, but think about for a moment where you don't know what you're trying to, you don't even know what you're good at, mm-hmm. and you're trying to go out there and compete against other professional football teams, and it's not close. Mm-hmm. That's how bad it got then, because yeah. they really didn't even know what they were good at. Right, but I, I think this team is—I think this team's on the right track. Now, I don't know—I don't know if it's going to be enough, and they could do enough this season to save Vic Fangio. We'll see. But I think they're going to start this season hot. I think they're going to—I think they're going to blow out a Giants team. It's—it's going to be shorthanded in this game. It, it certainly seems like everything's lined up for it. Yeah. The emotion of it—the 20th anniversary of 9/11—that mm-hmm. could play a little bit of a factor. I, I think that could play a little bit of a factor early on. I don't think it's a big factor for the entirety of the game because it becomes one of those things. Once once the ball snapped, once you're out there hitting, mm-hmm. I think the emotion of the game is what it is. Yeah, is there emotion from that in this game? I, I don't feel like a lot of people are talking about that. To be I mean, honest, we can talk you. to Art Stapleton about. It. We'll ask him like what what, what do the you atmosphere think is up there in New York is going to be the atmosphere of the game. Yeah, what were you doing on nine eleven? I was in college. Okay. Yeah, I showed it to my business class, and. The teacher had like the lights off, and we were watching the TV uh, on the screen. And he's like, "We're not doing class today." Yeah, and I was. He, uh, I was actually in home. uniform that day. I was giving a talk on a college campus to uh, an ROTC class mm. as it was happening, and I'm kind of watching on a monitor and, and kind of looking at this stuff. And I'm like, "Wow, it's, you know, the first one happens, and I thought it was, you know, drunk pilot or something, you know." And then the second one happened, I was like, "Oh, we got an issue. I got to make some phone calls here." So. Yeah. No. Yeah. And that's that's well, and I think it was a lot. Like that for for everybody. Go oh, ahead. where were you? Where were you at 11 Grant? I was in fifth grade, uh-huh. and I was in Miss Carpenter's class. And I remember coming into the room, and they had the TV on, and there were like two or three teachers gathered around. We're like, something weird is going on. And then they actually made the decision to turn off the TVs because we were, you know, 10, yeah, 11 yeah. years old. And they turned off the TVs and called our parents and actually had an early release that yep. day, but I'll never forget where I was. Oh, I'm no. always I'm always interested in those stories. Five six six nine zero is a text line if you guys want to tell me where you were on nine eleven. I do I do want to kind of read that stuff. I, I'm always curious about that. All right, we're off and rolling here on Logan and Lewis. Ryan Edwards, Benjamin Albright from Broncos Country tonight filling in. We got news and traffic here at the bottom of the hour. We'll come back. Some more thoughts on what's going to happen this weekend with the Broncos, the Buffs. Coming up at the top of the hour, we have Rick George. Don't go anywhere. This is KOA News Radio. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Hey, hey, 
Whistle Zap. Cool the gang. Oh, this is cool the gang, isn't it? It is a funky football Friday. Get to get the alliteration going there. On Logan and Lewis, Ryan Edwards, Benjamin Albright filling in for the fellas, along with Kathy Lee. 303-713-8585 is our phone number. 56690 is the KOA Centura Health text line. Rick George going to join us here in about 30 minutes. Also, later on, Art Stapleton will help us preview the Broncos-Giants. Our coverage is at 8 a.m. on Sunday morning, starting with Broncos warm-up with Brandon Cristal. Ben and I will be on from 9 to 11. Got Big Al and JoJo with Broncos game day, and then we have Broncos countdown to kickoff as we walk up to kickoff the Broncos and the Giants. Ben asked the question, where were you on 9-11? We were, uh, we were going to be observing the 20th anniversary of that coming up tomorrow. And that'll be an emotional scene out there in New York. We've got a lot of text rolling in here on the KOA Centura Health text line 56690. So we'll uh, get to those here in just a second. But first, let's get to the phones. 303-713-8585. Todd, you're up here on Logan and Lewis. Ryan Edwards, Benjamin Albright filling in. How are you, Todd? I'm doing okay. Uh, my story as far as 9-11 actually starts uh, September 10th. I went to the uh, I went to the Monday night football game between the Broncos and Giants uh, the night before. Um, you know, I can remember where my seats were. I was on the west side, uh, west side, south side, um, about the twenty yard line. Just remember that. And also, I mean, I still. I still have the ticket to this day because basically I look at that ticket and that's, you know, the last time that really this country was normal mm. uh, as far as on that. When I mean, it totally everything shifted. And the whole thing about it is, is this, is that before I go into my story, too, you guys would agree that sports can save lives, right? 100%. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Because the whole thing about it is, I don't know if you remember how late that game went as far as that night. It went. <laughs> You know, think as far as in New York, I think it went to about 1230, a little bit after 1230. There are, you can Google it, and there's actually columns about it of uh, individuals that called in sick to work that worked in the towers that day because of how late as far as the Brian, the, the uh, Bronco Giants game went. So, I mean, lives were saved because of that game. Um, going into as far as that, I called, me too, I called in sick uh, that day. I worked out at the airport. I worked for a catering company. And um, I just said, you know, it was a late night. I didn't want to come in. Well, I was in my car and my wife called me and she says, Todd, something's happening. You know, you need to call. You need to call your manager. So I called my manager up and I said, hey, just to let you know, I did, I, I'm sorry. Um I'm sorry I called in sick and everything, but uh, he said, Todd, I don't care. Just get into work. And we started taking all the equipment off of the plane. We let the planes landed first and just looking at the, the tarmac and looking as far as at the way the planes were, there was, there was no room anywhere. Hmm. And then just taking off as far as the equipment that day, it, I mean, that will probably because I, I, I think of Dave I the last thing as far as us in Denver had was listening to Dave's voice the night before 
before before six forty six in the morning when the, you know the North Tower was hit. You know, the last thing people could heard was Dave Logan's voice before. As far as that, that's just how intertwined things were as far as that day. And it will be something that I will absolutely never forget. It's just amazing on that. And um, I wish you guys a, a great day for tomorrow. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Appreciate the call. Mm-hmm. Appreciate the thoughts and appreciate you Sean, sort of sharing, uh, especially from a little bit of the sports angle, Dave Logan's voice and how that identifies for you there. And I mean, I, I know Ben and I are 100% believers in sports ability to unite mm-hmm. people. And, really and we, we even saw that listen last year when, when COVID started happening and, and, and people were, were scared. People mm-hmm. were upset. They, they didn't, everything was upside down mm-hmm. and, Things were getting closed and people were losing their jobs and people were fearing for their lives. Honestly, we we heard from people, listeners of our show at night, Broncos Country Tonight, that they wanted more topics on Broncos, more sports. They wanted something to feel normal. Mm-hmm. And 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 we at that time, as a station, had decided to go, you know, pretty heavy on our COVID coverage, right? Because we wanted to get information out there. But amazingly enough, bubbling under the surface was a certain amount of people that were like, look, I, I need sports in my life mm-hmm. in order to feel like I'm connected. And listen, I got friends on both sides of the aisle when it comes to politics and beliefs, and we can always talk sports. Yeah. We, we can always watch a game together. That is that These days, sometimes it feels like we don't have very much in common. Most of the time, we at least have that. Yeah, and it does. It, it does bring us together. I, no matter what your politics, remember George Bush came through and, and fired that strike for that oh, first man. pitch? And I know it's, it sounds Chills. silly, but that was like the collective exhale as a country. You know, like whatever your politics were, whatever you felt about the guy, he came in there and, fire, and fired the ball, and you were like, yeah, baseball. Yep. It gives you know, me goosebumps right now. Are you right. guys talking about it's, it? It was just one of those things. Like we were, we were, we were all kind of reeling. We were all kind of like, man, we're because we we had this before nine eleven. We we Americans kind of had this sense of invincibility, you know. And we got hit. It was we were vulnerable, and it showed. You know, we got we got jacked on the jaw. And we were staggering around the ring for a second there, and it was the moment where we, you know, and mm-hmm. and I, you know, sports just has that unique property to be able to to kind of bring us all together. Whatever our differing beliefs are, and all those things you pointed out, it's it just I don't know. It just brings us all together. It's a great thing, and it, I, I I'm happy that we've got that. I'm happy that. Um, that we have those moments and we're able to do that. Uh, Texters point out that was the Eddie McCaffrey injury, by yes. the way, the the tenth, and that was. Uh, Todd was right too. That game went to uh, that game was like three hours and some change. I mean, it was it was a long game. I remember that. I don't remember exactly when it ended. It's went after midnight though. Yeah, it's different because you, you guys are in a different time zone here. Like I was in Arkansas at the time, so I was in a different time zone. For so for me, that morning was later. Like I was up and ready to go, and I had been doing things that morning. You guys were probably still a lot of people here still probably sleeping in and and like you know catching. Well, I mean, up. I, like I said, I was in class. Yeah, I went, uh, but it was my first class of the day. Right. So it was like you're, nine, yeah, you're an early morning college guy. You scheduled classes before ten a.m. I, I didn't like to do that. I, I made the mistake one year of trying to do early morning summer school because I was trying to double major. I was an idiot, and I was trying. Did we get that? Grant? Yeah, we cut that I'm sure like? we got that somewhere. I'm saving that. Thing. Okay. Uh, I, I was I was trying to double major, and I was like, I the only way I can get through this in a certain amount of time is if I start taking summer summer school. So I scheduled like an 8 a.m. biochemistry class. Ugh. It was one of the, the worst decisions. No, it was organic chemistry. Sorry, organic chemistry, and it was one of the worst decisions I ever made. It was five days a week, 8 a.m. 
I, I, I made maybe half the classes. I got a C in that class. And I thought it was like one of the greatest accomplishments I've ever had in my life. <laughs> like, like honestly, I put like my my marriage, my my kids, and then getting a C in organic, organic chem <laughs> at like the top three things that I've ever accomplished. Oh. I mean, you know, doing this is, is also pretty cool too. But I would just say like that that is uh, that is right up there. But no, I mean. Listen, I just had you pegged for like early morning college guy. I just no, was I was guy. quite the opposite. I love sleeping in. Now, now I can't sleep past seven if I wanted to. Yeah, like, kids, ugh. kids, they come piling in. It's the number two reason why I'm never having kids. The number two I'm reason. Scared yeah. what the number one reason is. Yeah, let's hear number one. I don't want the competition. I don't, I don't, want, a, I don't want a cuter. I don't want a cuter younger me. I have to compete with for attention. You know. How's that pumpkin spice latte, by the way? Uh, it's it's something. I got a video up there's on no, Twitter. There's no pumpkin to it whatsoever. Uh, it just tastes like really candied coffee. Okay, you, you're drinking it. And by the way, just admit it, it's coffee. Just I just want that on yes. tape. He said it's coffee. I also got him saying the same thing on Twitter. I posted a video yeah, of him posted a video taking of... the first sip. Uh-huh. We got but, a lot of good text coming in on this stuff. I, I just I, I just enjoy reading this stuff, guys. I, I appreciate you sending these stories in. It's just one of those things. Yeah, that, well, why don't you uh, read a couple, Ben? That, that appeals to me. We don't. I'm mean, going to have to get it. No, I mean, listen, you, you wanted to you want to hear from people. That, uh, let's see, seven two zero eight seven seven. I was stationed in Okinawa. Uh, in the middle of a super typhoon, barbecuing in my buddy's room. And uh, he says that uh, he was trying to watch the Broncos game. Uh, AFN, which is the Armed Force Network, broke for commercial and came back with the uh, World Trade Center on fire. Uh, watched the second plane hit in the background, immediately sobered up, got my mobility rag ready because he knew the uh, knew it was an attack and, and waiting mm-hmm. for the call. And it's it's kind of what, like I was in uniform that day as well. Um, I was giving a talk to an ROTC class at the college about, you know, uh, what's involved with with service and all that kind of stuff. And, yeah, that was one of those things that it happened as I'm giving the talk, and mm-hmm. that was probably the worst talk I ever gave outside of this one. But um, This one, kind of the same age as Grant, saying, I was in seventh grade. My mom woke me up that morning for school, and the first plane had already hit. At that point, we were all thinking it was a horrible accident. When I got to school, everyone in class was glued to the TV. I'll never forget seeing the second plane come into frame and hit the second tower. It was almost like slow motion. My whole class let out our collective sigh. Yeah. There's some, this is one more here for uh, Roger from uh, Bakersfield said uh, or gasp actually they, they collect, yeah, gasp. Like, collective I, gasp. I yeah. was uh, I was a week from starting my junior year of college um, in August. My girlfriend at the time purchased plane tickets for me to come visit her. She was in grad school at Boston College. I was going to fly in on September 6th, fly back to California on the 11th on American Airlines Flight 11. About a week after buying the tickets, we got a big argument over the phone, so she canceled them. Argument may have saved my life. Hmm. So that's Roger Bakersfield. Yeah, that was uh, there's it's uh, I. I Pardon me, guys. It's just one of those things. I just uh, I enjoy reading these things and, and kind of the the there's a collective moment as a nation, you know, kind of thing. Where were you when? I just enjoy reading that stuff. It's fascinating to me. Yeah, I think, I think there's a, a song about it too. It's, no, don't play that song. No, but anyways, uh, yes, we're uh, we're definitely wanting to hear from you uh, today. Uh, as uh, this uh, tomorrow will be the 20th anniversary, it's going to certainly play a little bit of a role in the game for the Broncos and Giants coming up on Sunday. We'll talk to Art Stapleton in a little bit about that, get a sense of, of just the, I don't know, the energy of the team. I, I Once again, as far as uh, what it means for the actual outcome of the game, I don't know if it's really going to matter all that much, but I think that the pregame, I think that the feeling out there in the stadium is going to be, uh, that's going to be significant. But I mean, like a lot of things in, in professional sports, once, once you really get going, mm-hmm. The game is the game, and you're, you're you're just playing. You're not thinking in that moment. Oh, I better I better win this thing for the city of New York. I think it's more about just the game. But again, I I think that their emotions going to be there. Vic Fangio was on Colorado Morning News this morning, and he talked a little bit about that about about how they wanted to make sure they they pay tribute. They they you know sort of spent time in the moment 
and acknowledged it. And then, of course, they have they kind of have a job to do, and that's kind of what this what this ultimately comes down to for the Broncos. I mean, they listen. Vic Fangio it is is well advertised uh, his struggles in September, and th- this is by far not a must win game for them, but it could be a a bit of a jumping off point for him for the team for what they've been. I mean, at least right now, you think they about they, they need it. They need the, the the Broncos need to get out of this spiral, this vortex, if you will, of saying, well, here we go again. We're used to losing. It it becomes an avalanche. It it, it, it swallows you up. I always hate saying that the first game of the season is a must-win game. Because it clearly isn't, and that's hyper, got, Right, because you've got 16, 17 yeah. games after this. But I think for the culture of this team and the culture of this locker room, I kind of feel like it is. You know, they, they haven't gotten that win in September so far in two seasons now, the third season under Vic Fangio. And I feel like you need to get that win so that the locker room doesn't have the, oh, here we go again. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I do. I, I do feel like that these first two, three games are kind of must-win games, even though I, I really hate that early in the season. There's plenty of time to recover from that. You go back look at, uh, well, go back and look at the Tennessee Titans. Yes. I, they lost that game against the Broncos, was it two years ago? And, uh, you know, Mariota gets benched for Tannehill. And they, their whole season turned around on that moment. So clearly it wasn't a must-win game. But for this team, for this culture, for what's going on with the, with this Broncos team, I feel like these kind of are must-win games. Well, they're, they're must-win in, in more of the momentum and the emotion. And that is, that's, that's a factor. It's a, definitely a factor in the chemistry, the locker room, mm-hmm. the overall culture. I mean, I think we throw those words around a little bit, but they're legit. They're, I mean, the, momentum is a real thing. You see it happen in the game. It, it's the same thing for, for an entire season. And, and it's a belief in the team. I mean... We say this all the time because we go back to the the year the Broncos won it recently in 2015. There was just a belief they were going to close out games. There was a belief collectively in the locker room, well, we're just not going to lose these games. If it's close, we're going to win. The Broncos have been the opposite of that in a lot of ways over the last several years. And it's it's when it's close, that's when they start to pucker a little bit, and that's when they start to believe, nope, nope, we're we're used to losing this, and this is probably going to be the case. And that has to change. Seventy percent of the games in the NFL are decided by seven points or less. That's got to change. You've got to have the belief that you can close out those closed games because seventy percent of your games are going to be like that. Uh, this one, uh, I was working on a hotel casino in Las Vegas. This is the text line five six six nine zero Carways Centura Health text line. Working on a hotel casino in Las Vegas, two blocks from the World Trade Center in Vegas, and our job site got shut down. We got sent home not knowing why. And when I got home, I saw the second plane hit the other tower on TV. Uh, This one, uh, do you guys think they purposely scheduled the Giants-Broncos for the 20th anniversary? It's just coincidence. I would say it's coincidence because most of the time when they're putting these schedules together, they, they're balancing so many different... I mean, Ben, you could probably speak to that just a little bit more, but I, I'd say most of the time it just so happens to be this more so than a, a planned kind of deal. Yeah, I don't know if it was planned, planned. There may have been kind of a, hey, if we can get this in here, this would be cool kind of thing, but I, I don't think that it... Uh, I don't know about it being planned, planned. There's just there's so many variables. You've got to get all the and all 32 hinge on you know everybody being at the right state at the right. So I I don't know that it was. I I wouldn't say that it was something that was like hey we need to make this happen. I, I would say that if it kind of as it fell into place, they were kind of like okay we we got this you know kind of cool moment here where the the last two teams to play before 9/11 are now going to be one of the first two teams to play after the 20th anniversary of 9/11. And there's kind of a, a cool symmetry there. The Colorado Buffaloes are hosting Texas A&M tomorrow at Empower Field at Mile High. We'll check in with the athletic director Rick George coming up next about that game and many other topics. 
Logan and Lewis, Ryan Edwards, Benjamin Albright filling in on KOA News Radio. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Well, hopefully... Our Colorado Buffaloes will be feeling good tomorrow after a win over Texas A&M as they host them. You see what I did there, Grant? They, <laughs> they host yeah, pros, them pro. tomorrow at Empower Field at Mile High. And to help us talk about that game is the director of athletics for CU Boulder, the one and only Rick George. Rick, you're on with Ryan Edwards, Benjamin Albright, filling in for Dave Logan, Rick Lewis. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing this morning? We're doing fantastic. Pretty excited about the game. And, of course, we're going to be carrying it right here on KOA News Radio. Kickoff at 1.30, pregame at 11. So let, let's, let's talk a little bit about this game and, and kind of the way it came together and, and what you guys are looking forward to for tomorrow. Uh, how, how, are the, uh, how are the ticket sales gone? What kind of representation are we going to see or hear, at least on our radio station, for the game? Look, I think the crowd's going to be pretty raucous. I think, uh, you know, having sold 14,000 student passes, um, you know, for the year, I think we're going to see a lot of students down there, and they always help create an atmosphere. Ticket sales have been a little slower than we anticipated, but, um, you know, it's going to be a big crowd, and we're excited about uh, playing in the number five team in the country on Fox. So we've got a, a national audience that's going to be viewing it. So it's a real opportunity for the Buffs to to play a, a matchup against a team like that and uh, and get on the national landscape. Yeah, you know, I got, we, we talked uh, on uh, Alan Jojo, I think it was last week, and you told me, uh, you know, I talked a little bit about the running backs. You told me you guys were about four deep yep. at that running back position, and by goodness, you were right. You had four different players rush for a touchdown there in week one. Uh, first such game since uh, September of 2015. Now, Texas A&M's got a heck of a rushing attack, too. How do you like the uh, the, the, the matchup there? You know, I really like the matchup. I, I, I watched film on them uh, yesterday, uh, doing a, my role on the selection CFP selection committee, and you know they've got a good, you know, good football team. They lost a lot of their offensive linemen uh, to the draft this past year, and uh, C.J. Spiller's a really talented, physical running back that you know we've got to uh, be watching for. And then you know they've got a new quarterback, but uh, really like his game. He throws a lot of solid underneath passes and, and lets you know their athletes run with it. Uh, but I think it matches up well with us. We're really good against the run uh, defensively, so uh, I feel good about that. And, and you know, offensively, um, you know, we've got, as you said, we've got 
four running backs, and as we talked about last week, and and they're all solid, and we've got a great receiving core, and our quarterback, Brendan Lewis, got another game under his belt. So I, I think you'll see a lot of improvement from our team tomorrow. So I'd love to know from you, Rick George joining us here, what's the, the value in your opinion of having these games, these showcases at Empower Field? Look, I, I think it's important. You know, we come to Denver and, I, and, and it allows more people to view, um, you know, our, our team. And, and, you know, we've got a lot of our alumni and donors from the Denver area. So it makes it, you know, good for them. And just the, the atmosphere at, at Empower Field, you know, we know what we've experienced when we played CSU there in the past. And when we have seven home games, you know, we'd like to consider playing a game in Denver because, you know, we always want to deliver six to Boulder. Um, that's typically what we have. But when we have seven in a marquee game like this, we want to, you know, be on a bigger stage. And uh, hopefully people in the next 24 hours will buy a lot of tickets and uh, we'll get over 60,000 and, and we'll feel good about, um, you know, the crowd that we have in, in Empower Field. Yeah, I come from from SEC country, and I'm used to seeing packed stadiums. I'm hoping to see a packed stadium here. I'll be rooting against the SEC in this one, obviously. Uh, we had the in, in that Northern Colorado game. Obviously, got the big win, 35-7, but 12 penalties for 118 yards. To what do you attribute the? Uh, you know, was it just rust? Is it just one of those things you got to shake off, or just coincidence of the moment and, and trying to get everything tuned up? Look, I think you know our our players were really excited about playing again and and, and playing in front of people. Uh, and crowds, and we had a really uh, enthusiastic crowd, 44,000 for Northern Colorado on a Friday, uh, Labor Day weekend. So, you know, I think they came out and they were excited. And, you know, we didn't have the discipline that you'll see in, in Carl Durrell's football teams because discipline's a trademark of, of how he coaches and, uh, and the culture that he has on his team. So I think you'll see those penalties drop significantly this week. And they need to for us to be able to compete against a really good Texas A&M team. Boy, there is something really special about crowds, sporting events. But college football is is really unique in that facet. And, And it certainly feels like the momentum shifts can sometimes be in part with the crowd. Don't you agree? Yeah, I, I do agree. And, and, you know, I think the other thing, you know, for tomorrow, it's the 20th anniversary of 9-11. We want to honor the first responders. I think we've got over 1,500 first responders that are going to attend that game. We want to celebrate and, and honor what they do in our communities. And, you know, after the tragedy that we had in Boulder, we, you know, we want to uh, thank those uh, first responders that, um, you know, were, were so helpful to our community. So I think it gives us a really good opportunity to showcase um, our team on a national level and having A&M with cadets and their band's going to be there. It's going to be a really good atmosphere. Yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. You guys are 6-3 and three all time against uh, A&M and I think the last time you got an AP win, AP top five win, was that, uh, was that the Oklahoma game? Good chance to, to break that uh, or get a new one in uh, instead of having the old uh, Oklahoma one be the last one, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. That's the plan. You know, we, you know, we we've got to elevate our football program, and the best way to do it is to play on national TV against really quality opponents and win. And uh, it just comes down to the fact that we need to win. Last couple here for you, Rick George, joining us here, the director of athletics for CU Boulder. Uh, let Let's talk a little bit about just big picture. There's all sorts of rumors about realignment and teams jumping ship and going to the different other power fives and and how how is CU just monitoring that situation you guys of course firmly entrenched with the Pac-12 how are you guys monitoring that situation and and what's your overall reaction to it 
Well, my overall reaction is is that I think the alliance, the alliance that we put together with the Big Ten and the ACC kind of stabilizes, um, you know, the, the college football and, and college athletics landscape. Uh, I, I really believe that. I think uh, you probably read that uh, the Big 12 just added four schools mm-hmm. to theirs, uh, you know, that they approved, uh, BYU, Cincinnati, Houston, and um, BYU. So um, I, I think that's good. I think it's important that the five Power Five conference stabilize. I think, you know, we've got to continue to – uh, get the group of five stronger. And uh, and I think the fact that, you know, us creating that alignment really helped stabilize uh, the positions of those three conferences. And now with the Big 12, I, I feel really good about where we are in the mountain uh, time zone. I think that's important. I think we've got an incredible history and tradition at, at Colorado. We need to get to that level again. I think we're close to that. Uh, and certainly tomorrow can help us elevate our status uh, as well. You know, with those additions in the Big 12, I, I do agree, it provides great stability to a, to that conference. But do, do you see this heading toward more of a regionalized super conference kind of thing? Or do you, do you think that may be just overreaction based on the realignment? Look, I don't think uh, a, 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 a big conference um, does college athletics any good. I think having strong conferences, multiple conferences, particularly in the Power Five, there's five of them, and then the group of five, I think those we, we have to keep that intact. I don't think it's good just to have one conference uh, dominate, uh, you know, a 24 or a super conference of some kind. I just don't think that's the direction that intercollegiate athletics should go. And, uh, you know, again, I, we feel really good about our position uh, within our conference and this alliance. And uh, uh, hopefully we'll, we'll stay uh, together, uh, you know, these conferences moving forward. The last question here for you. Really appreciate the time, Rick. Okay, so I, I just love to know how you feel like NIL has impacted college sports in the early goings. I know that there was a lot of like, holy cow, this could change the face of everything. I'd love to know just what yep. you think the early impacts have been so far. Well, I think we're going to see, you know, I think the early impacts are what we thought. There would be some, you know, the 1% that are going to get pretty significant deals that, uh, you know, benefit that, uh, you know, student athlete. But I think, you know, the the one thing that has to happen is we have to have a consistent policy across the landscape of intercollegiate athletics. You know, right now we've got 31 states that don't have a law that can do whatever they want. We have 19 states that have a law that have to follow the law, but all those are different. We have to have some consistency there. But I do think, you know, you're seeing a lot of that. And most of them are smaller deals that you don't hear about. But, uh, look, I've I've been supportive of name, image, and likeness for student athletes Mm -hmm. for the last couple years. And um, I think it's great for them to be able to have that opportunity. And right now I think you'll see more of the effects later down the road. But I think there has to be a federal policy in place. Last question for me. What do you uh, what do you feel about expanded college football playoffs? What do you think is the right number of teams for the college football playoff? As the AD at Colorado, I, I think we need to expand uh, the playoffs. Um, I do, but I'm not sure 12 is the right number. And that's something I know our conference is looking at very closely as we move forward. I know they've got a meeting at the end of this month to, to talk about that again, uh, the, the CFP. So, um, you know, I, I do think we need to expand it. I think we need to give more schools the opportunity. But at the same time, I don't want to expand it too much where we have too many games. Definitely. Best of luck tomorrow. Looking forward to the game. Great opportunity showcase here for the state of Colorado. And I can't wait to see what our Buffaloes do against Texas A&M. Thank you so much, Rick. Thank you, guys. Have a great day. You too, sir. Rick George, the athletic director for your Colorado Buffaloes, joining us here 
on KOA News Radio. Of course, as we mentioned, the game can be here heard here on the home of the Buffaloes. KOA News Radio starting coverage at 11 a.m. and we got 11:30 kickoff tomorrow. Uh, Rick always very candid, and and yeah, I mean he's been supportive of the NIL. That's something that I I think that we can all logically say makes quite a bit of sense. He said that there needs to be consistency, though, and I'm I'm 100 with him on that. It's it's kind of still all over the map. I mean, this is kind of new frontier stuff, so I understand where some states, some regions aren't going to feel the same way about this. But there needs to be some kind of consistency, in my opinion, because it, because it does impact the way you're going to be able to bring talent to your university. It it just definitely does. Well, yeah, this is a huge brand game for the for for CU. I mean, you know, they aren't the win is not expected out of them. I think Texas A&M favored by 17 in this one. Uh, but this would be an upset win here would be a huge brand win for Carl Durrell and this program which, you know, honestly has has been on a turnaround for a few years now. Colorado went through a rough patch there for quite a while. And this program has been on a turnaround. This could be a program-launching win if they could pull this off. Listen, and I want to pat myself on the back here for two seconds. Oh? Because I didn't ask Rick about the Rocky Mountain Showdown. I am a CSU Ram, okay? Like, through and through. I'm sorry. And and listen, I I support Colorado sports. So in this case, like, only when CSU is playing against CU Mm -hmm. do I root ever against the Colorado Buffaloes. Otherwise, I'm... Fully on board. I hope they win every single game. I hope they have a chance at winning a national title. I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I want college sports. I've said this for at least a decade now. I want college sports to be a bigger deal here in Colorado. Most of the time, the professional sports kind of get the front page. College sports and then high school sports are, are a little bit buried, unfortunately. I, I think there's room for everybody to to breathe and everybody to to feel noticed and welcome. So I, I look at it as it's only good for college sports and I want to see CU back in prominence. So I'm proud of myself for not asking or slightly complaining about missing the Rocky Mountain Showdown because I, I do love that event. I personally have a lot of fond memories of that event. Even, even when my Rams get their doors blown off, which most of the time is the case, I'm proud of myself for not to say, hey, I got the athletic director. Rick, what's going on here? <laughs> Is that the game? Like, is a is a CSU? Is that the game you circled? Was that the game you circled every year? Uh, down in Arkansas, it used to be. Oh, it, it, it absolutely the, is. It used to be the Arkansas LSU game. Now that now they they tried to make Missouri the rivalry or whatever recently, but it was but LSU the battle of the boot was the. No, this the is the game. Right? No, this is the game. This one in Wyoming. Where we're, okay. for for CSU fans, this game Wyoming, and then to a certain extent Air Force, but but those are the those are the two, mm. and and sort of you know like. I, I hate to admit it, but if if CSU beats CU in any given year, there is definitely amount of like I everything else is gravy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like if you win that game, we're good, we're good. Uh, but but if they don't win that game, which was more often the case, then it would come down to Wyoming. Wyoming's a big deal. But see, this is what like Mike Bobo always bothered me up there at CSU because he just really could never win the rivalry games. Like even when he had decent seasons, he just really struggled in those rivalry games. And in the end, that's kind of what it's all about for CSU because you're a Mountain West team. You're not playing for national ranking. You're not playing for a championship, a national championship, anything like that. You're tw- you're playing to be, be the best team you can in the Mountain West. Mm-hmm. But again, there's a little bit of a glass ceiling there as it relates to any kind of national prominence. Where, where you're looking at Colorado, they absolutely have a chance every single year as being part of a Power Five to do something really special. And Carl Durrell, I think, is the right coach to do it. 
just got to get the right mix of players, the right opportunities can present themselves. But see, that's the thing with like CSU. Like when you're not a Power Five, your mindset shifts. You're thinking more about rivalry games. You're thinking more about the smaller moments. And if you have a head coach in there that can't win those, that's going to be tough. And listen, they, they lost last week to an FCS, a good FCS team. Yeah, they're a good team, but they but it was bad. They, they got their doors blown off. Like right. it would be one thing to lose a close game at home to an FCS that's a good team. And you just say, well, listen, they gave us their best shot. We came up short. No, you got you got blown out yeah. by that team. They ran up and down the field on you. And then you got Vandy this weekend. Yeah. And and CSU, I think, is actually favored in that game, the, though I don't know how. I, like, I'm going to sit here and tell you, as a CSU ramp, I don't know how they're favored. Yeah. It's, was that, I don't want to say, was that a low moment in the program for you, for CSU? Like, was it the Arkansas-North Texas moment? Like when Arkansas <laughs> loses to North Texas, and I was like, "Wow, it was." We have, a, we have absolutely hit the bottom of the barrel. Th- that was a tough moment, for sure. I don't know. I didn't feel good about it. Like I came into it. Like people have asked me that that question. Like losing to an FCS to, to kick off the season, and and listen, they had packed Canvas Stadium up there. It was it was a good turnout for mm-hmm. the CSU game. That that's more disappointing than anything because they're they're trying to get on track up there. They built the new stadium on campus. The The turnout has been inconsistent. And and that, the whole purpose of building it on campus was so that you have a built-in crowd. Well, you got you to gotta win to have that built-in crowd. you got to have a reason for fans to show up. And I, I know that people will say, well, then you're not a real fan. It's like, well, you could be a real fan, but also recognize that the team has been bad for a while. And do you really want to show up and watch your team get their ears boxed in? Or would you really just go party at the local fraternity and be good for the day? Is that what you did? Party to look for. I wasn't. I wasn't a fraternity no. person, so no, I didn't. I didn't do that. Uh, somebody on the text line five six six nine zero our KOA Centura Health text line. Uh, no, kickoff is at one thirty. Pre-game is eleven. Um, so I'm sorry if I didn't frame that correctly. Kickoff is definitely at one thirty. So if I I said that wrong, I apologize. But uh, we'll have coverage right here on your home of the Buffaloes KOA News Radio tomorrow. We'll come back. We have Art Stapleton joining us to preview the Broncos-Giants game that is coming up next. Ryan Edwards, Benjamin Albright filling in for Logan and Lewis on KOA News Radio. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, welcome back to Logan and Lewis. Ryan Edwards, Bill, Benjamin Albright. This was Bill Albright. Bill? Benjamin Albright. Been doing this for how many years? I don't know. It is a funky football Friday on Logan and Lewis. 303-713-8585 is our phone number. 56690 is the KOA Centura Health text line. The Broncos will be hosting... Sorry, the Broncos on the road. What am I, what am I doing here? Broncos on the road against the Giants. See, I'm, I'm trying to put together some highlights for later on, and my brain's everywhere. Broncos on the road against the Giants. Art Stapleton is going to join us right now to help us preview that game. Find him on Twitter at Art underscore Stapleton. He's the NFL beat and New York Giants beat for the record sports. What's going on, Art? How are you this morning? 
Hey, guys, we don't call it Twitter anymore. We just call it the world of Benjamin Albright. Isn't that uh, the way it's supposed to be referred to? <laughs> well, I don't know. I, I don't. I would unfollow me. I, I would uh, unfollow me at Albright NFL. It's a dumpster fire. I wouldn't follow me. So, uh, I did see something. <laughs> I did see something on your Twitter just a little bit ago that uh, I wanted to ask you about. A couple of things I want to ask you about. I mean, obviously, the two big questions. Uh, Joe Judge is saying that Saquon Barkley is, is going to be ready. I had heard that he was at least going to be on a pitch count, and that he was uh, he was not going to be 100. percent And then Evan Ingram getting some limited reps in today. Uh, I did. I had heard he wasn't going to play, but you know, perhaps maybe I'm wrong on both those. What can you tell us? Yeah, I, first off, uh, Saquon, um, I, I mean, I've heard similar things to what, what you guys have heard, that, um, you know, in terms of a pitch count on Sunday, you know, Judge said this morning when asked about a, a pitch count for Saquon, he said, look, you know, if the medical team tells me a guy is cleared to play, you know, it's not like we can sit there and say, you know, all right, we're only going to give him 12 plays and – and then what if the first three go bad? Now we cut them back, or what if the first three go good? Um, I think you're going to see Saquon. I think the emotions and the uh, intensity will take over on Sunday, but I wouldn't expect you know 20 touches for Saquon either. Uh, old friend Devontae Booker for Denver will probably see a little bit of Booker in the passing game, uh, and you know we'll just have to wait and see and see what. Uh, See what Saquon could bring to the table. I mean, he's looked good throughout the summer. They've been able to hold him off uh, and be patient at times, pull him back, uh, and I, I think he's ready to go. Uh, and I, I think the one thing that does loom is the Thursday night game against Washington this week. You know, two games in five days for a guy coming back from an ACL. I just think you have to be smart about it. Watch it. Trust it with your eyes where he's at but if he's 100 percent or close to 100 percent and cleared to play i don't think you're going to all of a sudden say you know second quarter we've already gotten five snaps we better not play him until the fourth quarter you do that and you're giving an advantage to the broncos the other thing for evan ingram i don't think the broncos have to concern themselves with 88 uh, i think you know the calf injury that he suffered in the preseason finale against the Patriots. We'll keep him out on Sunday. It was just interesting. I think they're trying to build to give him a chance on a short week to play in Washington. But it seems to me the smart path is to go for week three, give him that extra 10 days. So I think you will see Barkley. I don't believe you need to concern yourself with Evan Ingram. I think the show at tight end will be Kyle Rudolph and Caden Smith. How pivotal is it for Daniel Jones to get off to a good start or even just have a good year in order to remain the quarterback there? You guys saw the reaction to his interception against the mm. Patriots on a Sunday mm-hmm. night preseason game, right? Uh, it's very important. And I think, you know, Jones is in a situation now where every time he drops back to throw or he scrambles, the masses are waiting for a mistake. You know, and I think the biggest issue for him this year would be as if they play cautious, you know, look, and that goes for Jason Garrett, the offensive coordinator too. I mean, the way to solve these problems is not to be more cautious or more conservative because ultimately at the end of the day, to make winning plays, you have to be aggressive. You can't be afraid to make a mistake. And I think if they play more conservatively, I think Jones will now limit the amount of opportunities he's going to make a big mistake. But now if he's only asked to make three big plays a game and he fails on two of them, well, what is that going to say for his long-term success? 
So I do think he needs help around him. Uh, I do think the the receivers need to uh, play well. I mean, that interception against the Patriots, you know, Evan Ingram probably should have sat down on that route in the end zone. Still, Jones should have put it in the put it in the stands. Instead, he tries to throw into a spot that he thinks the guy is going to be. He gets picked off. Um, the Giants need Daniel Jones to play well. You guys saw Drew Locke. There's a reason why Drew Locke is not the starting quarterback in Denver. Uh, the Giants are not going to play Mike Glennon, uh, but I do think that there are similar concerns with Jones in terms of not making the big mistake and letting this team uh, succeed you know, with, with big plays rather than not continuing to hurt themselves. And I think that's what Jones has gotten in trouble with. Well, you brought up Drew Locke, so that's kind of where I wanted to take this next question is do you think he's gotten a fair shake? Because that's the question that comes up all the time with Drew. And, well, you changed systems, you changed offensive coordinators. Heck, you guys changed co- head coaches out there. So do you feel as though right. Daniel Jones has gotten the best shot at his development? Well, I, I mean, we're going to find out. I think last year, the beginning of the year, I don't think they put enough playmakers around him uh, to make plays. This year, they made a concerted effort to bring in Kenny Galladay, you know, 70 plus million dollars that speaks volumes. Uh, they drafted Kadarius Tony in a little bit of a surprise uh, with the 20th overall pick Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton is still here. And obviously Saquon was hurt uh, the first play of the second quarter in week two last year. It's going to come down to the offensive line with the giants. It, it always seemingly does. Uh, but quarterbacks, in this league play around their offensive line. And I don't think you can overcome a disaster all the time, but if they're competent or at least somewhat competent, you know, get the ball out, call good plays, be creative. And you can overcome some of the shortcomings that you have on the offensive line. I mean, what we, we expected last night, Tampa's defense to absolutely dominate because Zach Martin wasn't playing for the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Right. And then all of a sudden you look at the end of the game and sure, the defense had its share of plays, but you never once felt, at least I didn't, feel that the offensive line was completely overmatched by the Tampa defensive front. It's because they schemed around it. Mm-hmm. So Tant, long-winded answer to your question, um, I, I think Daniel Jones will get his shot this year. Uh, he can't control injuries, and if he gets hurt, the bottom line is this, come December and January – with two first-round picks next year, the one from Chicago, they should both be pretty high. Uh, I think the Giants, Jones's biggest challenge is to make sure the Giants are not doing uh, deep research on any of the quarterbacks in college this year. Because if it gets to December or January and they feel like they have to dig deep and start their scouting process with the QBs at the top of the draft, then Jones has already lost. So that, to me, is his biggest competition this year. I want to turn attention a little bit to the Giants defense, which I I honestly think is one of the most underrated defenses in the NFL. I think the weak link there, to me, looks like the linebacking core. I I like the defensive line. I like the the secondary, but that linebacking core just doesn't do it for me. What can you tell me about this defense? Uh, I mean, I think inside with Blake Martinez, I think they're going to mix and match next to him. Uh, He's an important part of this defense. He can do the job against the, um, you know, with the good front up front. I mean, I think ultimately if you look at the pass rush, they're going to have to scheme some stuff. I mean, they need some breakout, uh, you know, breakout seasons. Lorenzo Carter is coming back from an Achilles. They had high hopes for him when they drafted him in the third round. 
what, like three years ago at this point. Mm. Um, you know, Aziz Ojolari is a second-round pick out of Georgia that they like a lot. Uh, he's looked very good this summer and joint practices against the Browns and the Patriots, especially against the Browns' uh, really good offensive line. Ojolari had a lot of pressures uh, against Cleveland. Uh, but ultimately, this defense is going gonna, is gonna to go with the way not just their front, but I do think on the back end. Their, their safeties are outstanding. If Adoree Jackson can be what the Giants think he can be, is the perfect complement to James Bradbury on the outside. I mean, we're going to walk into MetLife Stadium on Sunday, and we may be seeing two of the top five secondaries in the league with Denver and, and the Giants. So, um, you know, I think this, this scheme fits to a lot of the back-end personnel. We saw the Ravens go to that a couple of years ago when, you know, they were just kind of plugging in that pass rusher, but it was really more about the scheme on the back end, and I think that's what the Giants are going to try to do uh, this year. Uh, but you're right. I mean, if there's a weakness on this defense, it, it's the pass rush as far as outside linebacker, and I think in the, the nickel corner spot, uh, with Darnay Holmes, a second year from UCLA. Uh, he's had some struggles this summer, so I would expect the Broncos to attack that spot and force the Giants to use some of their safety uh, talent, whether it's Jabril Peppers or Logan Ryan or even Xavier McKinney uh, in that spot to try to counter. Uh, I'd love to see McKinney Judy in, uh, time and again on Sunday. That would be fun going back to the Alabama days. Talked to Xavier yesterday about Judy, and he had a lot of great things to, to say about the battles they had on the practice field with Nick Saban and company. Yeah, he's a heck of a player. Last one for me, Art Stapleton, our guest here. You know, this offseason in training camp and even into preseason, it was kind of mixed reports, it felt like, about how Joe Judge was running things out there. There was the running gassers out there and the fights and all sorts of stuff going on. I mean, how are the players overall? What's, like, what's the temperature of the locker room when it comes to how they feel about Joe Judge, in your opinion? You know, I think they believe in his plan. I think they believe that they've made progress. Uh, I don't think the gassers were an issue beyond the, the day or so that they had it. I mean, look, they got into a scrum in practice that became a 90-man pileup in which your starting quarterback in a red contact jersey, non-contact jersey is being pulled out from under the pile. You know, I can't blame Joe Judge for going all Herb Brooks in that spot. And I think the players almost immediately after that realized, you know what, we really screwed up today. Like, this was a stupid, you know, a dumb thing to do. And I think part of Judge's message was, you know, we've, we've done nothing yet. We were 6-10 and 10 last year, and only by the grace of the bad NFC East did we have a chance to make the playoffs last year. So I think Judge's message on that day, even though he – you know, probably wouldn't come out and say it, was almost like to remind this team that, you know what, you guys think you're all this, you think you're, you're going to be a good team this year, you're going to contend in the division, well, we're going to bring you back to square one and show you that you're only as good as the guy next to you. So I think the players buy in. Um, you know, obviously, if you're sitting there one and seven again this year, like they started last year, uh, then maybe doubt creeps in. But there is no doubt in this organization. And I can tell you, having lived through the last couple head coaching tenures here, that the bottom fell out very quickly. There is no doubt that they believe Joe Judge is the guy to lead them forward. Uh, at the very least, 
he will not be losing his job after two years, which is what has happened to the last two head coaches here in Ben McAdoo and obviously uh, Pat Shermer uh, now with a mini reunion this weekend. So yep. that'll be fun too. Well, another mini reunion. The, the Broncos and the Giants were the last two NFL teams to play before 9-11 here, 20th anniversary, 20 years later, the day after. There's a bit of a symmetry there. Is there any emotion of the moment, or are these guys going to be too young to really uh, to really grasp that? Yeah, you know, I, I was thinking about that today. Uh, I think the emotion will be with the coaches. I think the emotion will be in the stands on Sunday. They have some stuff planned to, to honor uh, first responders and – you know, the coaches and some players on the sideline will be wearing, you know, NYPD or FDNY hats, and, and there'll be emotional videos, I'm sure, on the screen. Uh, but I think once they immerse themselves in it, I think, you know, look, there's, there's going to be some juice in the stadium. You've got the 9-11 stuff. You've got the emotion of just being back in the stadium. Uh, Jason Garrett, the offensive coordinator for the, for the Giants now, um, was the backup quarterback in 2001 for the Giants. So he played in that. He didn't play in that game. He was on the sideline in mile high uh, when the stadium opened that night and flew back. And he kind of opened up yesterday about uh, the emotions that he still recalls very vividly. Uh, you know, Jim Fossil was the head coach back then and did so much going to ground zero, going to firehouses, uh, obviously, Fossil passed away earlier this summer, so there's an emotional attachment there uh, for the organization. You know, the one thing about Joe Judge, I will say, is that he's made a point to to hammer home history lessons for his players about the teams that they're playing. You know, when they play the Browns, talk about the history of the Browns, talk about the history of the Broncos. It would not shock me that tomorrow uh, they take a moment to kind of talk about why this is important. It's always about the why, right? You don't want to crack open a book and teach a history lesson, but you want to tell them why it's important. So I do think this weekend in those stands, uh, it's going to be uh, something special across the board. And, you know, for a lot of the players, I think they'll kind of immerse themselves in it. But ultimately, it will come down to a football game and not necessarily what's done a couple hours before or anything that happens tomorrow in tribute to, uh, to all those lives lost uh, 20 years ago. Fantastic conversation as always, Art. Thank you so much for the time. Guys, thank you very much. Sorry for a little long-winded, but it's week one. Got to get all fired up. Right? <laughs> <I love laughs> no, it's great. We appreciate it. Art Stapleton, at Art Stapleton, Art underscore Stapleton on Benjamin Albright's Twitter, as uh, he said it right there. Uh, he, of course, covering the New York Giants for the record sports. All right, we'll come back and react to that. I'll also give you a little bit of our side of it from the Broncos. We'll get into that next right here. Logan and Lewis show Ryan Edwards, Benjamin Albright filling in on KOA News Radio. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to a funky football Friday. Ryan Edwards, Benjamin Albright filling in for Logan and Lewis. Hit us up on the phones, 303-713-8585 or the KOA Centura Health text line 56690. 
Thank you to Art Stapleton. Thank you to Rick George who are appearing on the KOA Centura Health Hotline in the last hour. Great interviews. We'll get those up at broncoscountrytonight.com. I just appreciate that there are no cameras in studio for the bad dancing I've been doing during the breaks. See, I think there, well, there's eventually going to be cameras in studio. In first, place, which you're going to have to stop dancing. The second is I love on the Funky Fridays with Dave and Rick the descriptions from Grant about the air bass and the drums and the, like like yeah you guys, you guys are gonna have to fill in it's an up into bass man <laughs> it's the full three sixty up that high yeah <laughs> <laughs> you gotta play it up here <laughs> you gotta play it now you gotta play it up here is that an Arkansas it's thing? like three people to get that reference but yeah is that an Arkansas thing I don't know the sass the sass. Anyways, I love when Millennial Grant describes the whole thing because it's like a 360 view. You're like jamming out to the music, and you can picture Dave and Rick mm-hmm. rocking in the studio. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to have to find some words to describe Benjamin Albright's dance I don't, I don't think they've invented those yet. I haven't found them yet. It's like a slow body dry heave. <laughs> We're going to have our NFL Pick'em segment coming up in the next segment, so stick around for that. We'll have highlights from around the league. Looking forward to that. It's always a fun segment. Week one of the NFL season kicked off last night as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers had to come back and beat Dallas. A little bit of a surprise there, uh, but that was a fun game and uh, certainly a great way to kick off the season. We'll get to our picks. Uh, the Pro Pick'em Challenge is available right now at koanewsradio.com. Click on our contest link, and there's some really fantastic prizes from Circle K. I mean, uh, they've been a great sponsor of ours for a really long time. They've done a really good job with this, and they're giving away weekly $200 gift cards. Okay, so it's free to play. So this really isn't, there's no downside. People do pick them all the time. It's not even like difficult in the sense of uh, picking against the spread or picking lines or anything like that. No, this is just straight up. Who do you think's going to win? Mm-hmm. And you can win free stuff as a result of it. So Plus bragging rights for beating Ryan. Which nobody's been able to do. Nobody's been able to do. For two years. Right. But, you know, whatever. Can continue. No, no, Let's no, talk ahead. some more about Let's that. You're the two-time defending champ? Two-time defending I, champ. Wow. In, okay. Like the first year we Oh, did here we the go. First year here we, come here the we excuses. go. No, no, this is excuses. It's not excuses. Let's, let's go ahead and carve out some time for Benjamin Albright to, clear out to, old space. to tell us how sometimes he forgot. And, no, oh, the first year I didn't sign up till week three. All right. Then, here we then, go. then last year I forgot like two yeah. different weeks. So that's what it is. That, that it's always excuses so with within you, five though. games. I do two weeks worth of picks. This year I'm actually going to do all the picks. So there'll well, be I no mean, excuse. We'll there'll be no excuse. There, we'll, we'll see if you I actually up, do. I set up like digital calendar reminders. I got all kinds of stuff going on, so I'd actually remember to do this. The best excuse, Grant, was how Ben would like to tell us that I'm actually giving you a head start. This year, right. because I'm not going to pick. I'm, I'm not, not going to pick the first couple of weeks <laughs> yeah, just to was. give you guys a fighting chance. <laughs> Which, right. to be fair, I mean, I only finished five games back after not picking for two weeks. That's not right. That is correct. That is not that. That math is not. Numbers. Nope. Nope. I first of all, I was told there would be no math. Secondly, I don't believe you. Calculus. Square root of pi. Anyways, no excuses this year. Yeah, JoJo was hitting me up earlier when uh, we were settling up from last year. And he was kind of doing the same thing, like, oh, well, you know, your reign at the top is, is going to eventually be gone, and you know, what you did last year means nothing this year. And I'm like, yeah, what I've done the last two years means nothing? Is that what you're trying to tell me? I, I'm trying to diminish your accomplishments in any way that I can. This is what I'm here for. Okay. I'm, well, I'm, like, I'm from the Dan Campbell school of knee biting. I need to cut you down, ankle bite, whatever it is. Kneecapping. <laughs> what? Hey, hold on. 
Maybe the best press conference ever. <laughs> it's up there. I'm glad that you butchering it. And I butchered the line worse than Brian Kelly butchered the uh, the John oh, execution. So man, bad. That was classic too. So bad. <laughs> well, and the meltdown on Twitter. Right. When everybody was like, he, wait, wait. And I was like, everybody over 50 is like, he butchered that line. Everybody under 50 is like, he wants to execute his players? Yeah. John McKay very famously made that quote. And I'm right. not going to do it here because, right. again, I'll, I'll butcher it. <laughs> But but it was a very famous John McKay quote, and you can go look it up. But mm-hmm. I, I like as soon as he said it, I was like, oh, I know what he's doing here. It's just right. I, yeah, I knew I knew really, what he was doing, but I knew Twitter was going to melt down because they're really super bad. reactionary, and, and most of them are too young to remember that. So and then he was told about it in his press conference afterwards. He was asked about uh, about the quote, and he's like, you guys really are melting down about that. Yeah, they should have won that game though. They should. Yeah, Notre Dame. I made a little money off it though. Golly, man, I, I got to start talking to you ahead of time because. I thought they were a lock. Like I, I was all yeah, I, in. I talked, uh, you know, our buddy uh, Greg Linton, yeah, the agent. Um, we, we, I talked him out of Notre Dame and into Florida State. We were texting back and forth. He's like, oh, Notre Dame's going to win. I'm like, man, Florida State is better than you think they are. I should have talked to you ahead of time. Mm-hmm. I put way too much on Norvell's Notre Dame. a heck of a coach, man. I, I I knew him from back when he was at Central Arkansas as a wide receiver, and uh, I tell you, he's a heck of a coach. Yeah, I put way too much on Notre Dame on that one. I felt like that was one of the easiest games of the week. Oh. Well, we'll get to our pro football pick coming up here. But again, KOAnewsradio.com. Click on the contest link, and you can play along with the people here at the station. we got the, the leaderboard up there, and you can win really cool prizes. I mentioned from Circle K, a gift card for $200 every week is just given away. Mm-hmm. And then if you are the grand prize winner, you get a $1,000 gift card. So, I mean, it's one of those things, like, you can really rack up some gift cards here because you can get the 200 per week, and then you might end up, Getting the thousand if you're if you've been kind of on top the whole way. Are we? Uh, we're not eligible for those. Right? We are not. Okay. So we I have just, our own little office thing that we end up doing. Don't and, pay any attention to user Schmenjamin Schmalbright uh, out there who's who just signed up for this. See, but we all know your, we know your all alternates and your burners and all that now. Oh, okay. Yeah, your your Twitter Shrine burners. Shredwords. And, yeah. I'm gonna use your. You as a fake name. Somebody followed me the other day that said like something about this is my burner account or something like that. Yeah. I just like it's laughing. I mean, I kind of appreciate that. Just be straight up about it. All right, well, so we talked to Art Stapleton in the last segment. That interview up is going to be up at BroncosCountryTonight.com, appearing on the KOA Centura Health Hotline. What are your takeaways from that as it relates to the Broncos matchup against the Giants? I think some of the info that we've been getting is correct. Looks like Saquon's going to be limited and on a pitch count, and Evan Ingram's not going to play. Uh, I think it plays very well for the Broncos. I think the Broncos. I thought the Broncos were going to win this game with New York at full strength. Mm-hmm. Uh, without that, I, I, I believe in a blowout, man. Thirty-one ten. Broncos going to going to whip them. They're going to surprise a lot of people in this game. Yeah, and I get the sense the way that things are running out there with New York. The one big takeaway I got from Art there is is the players believing in Joe Judge more than I had heard. I had heard that there was a little bit more dissension amongst amongst the ranks yeah. with the New York Giants and Joe Judge. I had heard that that the locker room thought this guy was kind of a bit of a clown. But but according to Art Stapleton, after the 90-man pileup that happened during training camp and running gassers mm-hmm. and back-to-back days of having him out there like having these guys run in the heat, he said that more or less that the guys bought in to Joe Judge. I mean, we'll see. The games haven't actually happened yet. And, and I still don't believe in Daniel Jones. But there, there is something to be said. If there's buy-in to the coach and mm-hmm. his philosophy, that can mean something. They really can. So that that's the part that I am i didn't believe. And I felt like the Broncos could win this game 
just on the merit of they're more talented and the Giants don't believe in what they're doing. But if there is a little bit of belief, that could be a problem. How much do you think having Jason Garrett on that staff as a former head coach helped out smoothing that over, smoothing things over between the players? And, significant. You know, I really do. Um, and it's interesting, one of the other notable assistants on there is uh, Freddie Kitchens, who yep. was a head coach as well. Whatever you think of his tenure, at least he's been in that position and can mm-hmm. kind of help relate the first time head coach Joe Judge. Hey, look, here's some things that are going on here. So, I, you know, I, 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 sh- I like the Giants' defense. I really do. I like what Patrick Graham has done with that unit. Mm-hmm. But I think the Broncos are going to put it to him. I really do. And this is not, you know, Broncos home. You know me, I'm not a Broncos homer at all. But, like, I, I, I really do feel like that if you look at this defense and you look at the way the Broncos match up, I think they've got too much speed for the linebacking core. And if Teddy Bridgewater can just stay ahead of the chains, I think this could be a Broncos blowout. Our KOA Centura Health text line, 56690. Jeff in Colorado Springs reaching out. Jeff, we appreciate the uh, the compliment. Thank you for listening. Uh, this one says, you could could you please ask all your listeners to say a prayer for the town of Wiley, Colorado? That's right. They had a crash out there that left uh, four of the teens dead. I think the school's oh, out terrible. or whatever. So, yeah, thoughts are with the, the community of Wiley, Colorado out there. We're, you know, we're with all Colorado communities. Of course. Uh, we, all, we all come together when one of our own takes it, uh, you know, like that. So uh, all the people out there at Wiley, hey, our, our thoughts are with you. Definitely. Uh, absolutely. So uh, please feel free to hit us up on the KOA Center Health text line. Uh, Ben was asking earlier if you want to continue, and we've gotten a lot of submissions here. So many. On what were you doing, where were you, as we remember and acknowledge what happened 20 years ago for September 11th. It's obviously going to be on the minds. We talked to Rick George earlier, the athletic director of CU, and he even talked about tomorrow for the CU Buffs-Texas A&M game, there's going to be a moment of remembrance so that's something we th- that I think is on everybody's mind around our country. But uh, you know, even as we talked to uh, Todd earlier when he called in, it was just it's something that's it's ever present in moments of your life, and and it marks a little bit of of a point for so many people on when a lot of things changed for them, whether you're directly impacted by it or not. Yeah, we kind of I, I think as Americans, I think we mark time by it. Yep. You know, we kind of have the BCAD for the calendar and all that. I, I think 9-11 is where most Americans mark time for a lot of things. What were you before and what were you after? What were we, we doing during? And uh, I think a lot of lives and a lot of things and a lot of American culture really changed and pivoted after that moment. Um, you know, when we were talking to Art Stapleton, I, I kind of came to the realization that the players are probably going to be a little too young, mm-hmm. you know, for the for the moment as far as that goes. And he's probably right. The emotion will probably be with the coaches and in the stands and, and on the people watching rather than the players out there. Agreed. And that that's something to... I mean, it's it's a point to remember because even as we were talking to Grant, I mean, he was talking he was in fifth grade. Yeah, I know. I was like, wow, I'm but, old. But they're, 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 these guys, like, <laughs> like we've we've said for a while, right, mm-hmm. that like a lot of these players were born, like I graduated high school in 98. Mm-hmm. Some of them weren't even alive at that time that are playing professional football. Yeah. They were born in an era of social media. I mean, I, social media came along for me, you know, into my 30s. 20, oh, yeah, like I, I remember life 30s. before the cell phone. You know, yeah. I mean, you know, we, so it cer- certainly feel old in those moments. But yes, you're right. I mean, connecting to that, you may have been too young. You may, you may not have that mm-hmm. unless you were directly impacted by it. Right. So, yeah. yeah. And just for reference, Pat Sertan yeah. was one year old when <laughs> when right. it happened. So right. I mean, he's obviously not going to have any memories of it. Right. So that's you know, it's just it, it's. I don't know when I went and got old, but... Uh. <laughs> it certainly feels like that uh, in this moment. So a couple of things uh, for the game. Of course, like we mentioned, uh, the pregame coverage starts at 8 a.m. on Sunday morning with Broncos warm-up. Our guy Brandon Cristal 
will be on at 9 a.m. Broncos countdown to kickoff begins at noon, and the kickoff for the game is at 2.25. So a couple things that I think that are important in this game, people are going to be having their eye on the Broncos' offense, what Teddy Bridgewater looks like out there, the execution overall of the offense. Uh, what, what, are you, what do you hope to see in week one with the Broncos' offense as they take on what is, I believe, the strength of the Giants in their defense, especially that defensive line? I hope they instill in me a sense of confidence that they can move the football on every drive. Because you didn't always have that over the last five years, you know, the, the offense would get out there and you'd just be like, "Well, hope we can get a couple of first downs here," you know. I, I'm hoping that we get a, uh, I'm hoping that we get a, an offense that instills confidence that we can move the football a little bit. And Teddy Bridgewater's kind of been that guy. Now, whether or not you believe in him long term, whether or not you believe in him is the answer. And and I'm uh, admittedly skeptical. I, I think he's you know a, a field goals quarterback if you catch my drift, um, but. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm hoping that we can see an offense that moves the ball. You could keep that defense fresher. We had a lot of people talk about late game drives, holding leads for the Broncos, giving them up, and we can we could point to several examples of that. We can go back and point to, you know, I think it was Jacksonville, uh, Chicago from Vic's, Vic's rookie season. There's a couple of games in between where they they melted down on the last drive or, or didn't get it done on the last drive, and, and it's because they were gassed. You had an offense that couldn't keep them off the field. And I've talked to those guys. I've talked to those players, and they're not going to throw their offense under the bus publicly. But privately, they're like, man, you know, if, if we could get 10 more minutes of rest a game, we could be fresher for those last drives, you know, and it, teams take advantage of that. So I, I want to see an offense that shows a core capability and a core competency to be able to move the football and keep that defense off the field, keep it fresh, because this defense has the potential to be a top-five defense. But that's something we covered when it came to the decision between Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater because the offense, with the two of those quarterbacks, historically third downs has been a problem. For Drew Locke, three and outs, getting conversions on third down. Teddy Bridgewater is significantly better, significantly better. Even just in Carolina, he was better than Drew Locke in third downs. So, But over the course of his career, more specifically, and that's, I think, what the Broncos are ultimately banking on. They're banking on the idea that Teddy Bridgewater can rekindle what he did when he was a pro bowler and took Minnesota to the playoffs and when he went 5-0 and with the New Orleans Saints. And then maybe they can lean on and believe in the fact that Carolina... At least that one year, things just didn't click. It just mm-hmm. it just was not the right mixture of talent around him. It wasn't the right mixture with the coaching staff. And and I we've seen examples, Ryan Tanhill specifically, where things like that happen and a guy can play better in the next stop. Yeah, and then like I said, I, I'm an admitted Teddy skeptic. I, I you know I'm I was born in Missouri. Show me, it's a show me state. I but I I, I just oh, I'm hoping. I'm hopeful. I've got a cautious optimism about this. Hope is a. Uh, it's, it's a it's he- dangerous it's a, drug. It's a heck of a thing, right? All right, when we come back, we'll get to our week one NFL pick em. Ryan Edwards, Benjamin Albright from Broncos Country tonight, filling in for Logan and Lewis on KOA News Radio and everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. 
LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply. Excited when we were asked to fill in for Logan and Lewis on a funky Friday because this gets me kind of in the mood for the weekend. Like when I listen to this show on Fridays with the music. See, I was I was jammed. disappointed that it wasn't bolo tie Thursday and we were all gonna wear matching bolo ties. Hey, at least you guys noticed bolo tie Thursday. Hey, I, I, why would I not notice? I'm going to buy you you guys one for Christmas. There you go. Oh, there we, go. we can all do it together. See, Thank I told you. you I could trick him into buying a spoiler. And I got <laughs> to say, you Here's guys did bucks. an admirable, admirable job of doing the air base, filling in for Dave today. Thank oh, you. I don't want to brag, but. But you're going to brag. I'm kind of a pretty good air base player. 303-713-8585. That's our phone number. 56690 is the KOA Centura Health text line. You are a terrible shot. Rimmed Terrible shot. Rimmed out. Do you still say Kobe when you shoot it? I never said Kobe (laughs) when I shot it. Because he he bricks every (laughs) single time. We might as well be playing Brick House. That would be more appropriate for you. You just made it funny. Look at you. Once in a while. Guys got jokes. (laughs) Once in a while. I love the the worst part, though, is that you acknowledging it makes it feel less. Less. Way less. I have an acerbic wit. Yeah. Filling in for Logan and Lewis today. Week one of the NFL started last night. Got some games to pick. Check out our Pro Pick'em Challenge presented by Circle K at KOANewsradio.com. Let's hit the music and get after it here as we start out with the Steelers at the Buffalo Bills. Should be a fun one. At the 39 of the Colts, he wants to throw it deep, and he throws it down the right sideline. Deontay Johnson diving for the end zone, and he caught it for the touchdown. A 39-yard strike. Boss in the backfield. Allen drops back to pass, throws to the right. Pass is complete to Diggs. Into the open field at the 25. Far side to the 15, the 10. Touchdown as he stumbles into the end zone. A 50-yard touchdown pass from Josh Allen to Stephon Diggs. Steelers and Bills Radio on that one. Buffalo favored by six and a half over under 48 on this game. Ben, who do you like? I took Buffalo in this game. I think Buffalo is going to wind up in the Super Bowl this year. I think they're going to be Super Bowl champs. I think they are a very very good football team. I know everybody's in on Kansas City, and I think they're quite good, too. Cleveland as well. But I think Buffalo's a team to beat this year. I think they start the season strong with a win over the Steelers. Certainly backs up the move that you made in our fantasy draft, taking Josh Allen ahead of Patrick Mahomes. So, interesting there. Uh, I also have Buffalo in this game, and we'll get into more of the lines and everything on our show, the Betfred Sports opening line, on uh, Sunday morning at 9 a.m. Next game, Seahawks at the Colts. Russell on the move, left side, pulls it down, he's going to run, he's going to get it in, touchdown, Seahawks! Inside handoff, Jonathan Taylor, he's in! Jonathan Taylor, a rushing touchdown, touchdown, I-N-D-Y. Seahawks and Colts radio on the calls there, Seahawks favored by three on the road against Indianapolis. New look Colts with Carson Wentz quarterbacking that team, Seahawks are more of the same, kind of fade down the stretch last year. But the Colts were a playoff team. Seahawks 
good team as well. What do you think here, man? I'm trying to look and see who I had picked for this one. I think I took the Colts um, in this one. I love Russ. I love the Seahawks. Not sold on that defense whatsoever. Uh, and the run game's a little, little iffy for Seattle. I'm pretty sure I took the Colts in this one. If I didn't, I'll have to change my pick. I am taking the Colts in this one. I'm going to go against on that one. I think Russ is going to be give the opportunity to cook. I think he comes out. I think they're going to make a statement in this game. So nothing to do with you having Russ as your fantasy quarterback. And nothing at all. And I think the Colts are... It's going to take a minute with Carson Wentz. We'll see. No T.Y. Hilton in this game. He's not going to be available. He's on IR. Next game here, the Cardinals at the Tennessee Titans. They go hurry up. Snap it to Murray. He's going to keep it running right. Cuts left. Breaks a tackle at the five and into the end zone for the touchdown. Out of the gun. Henry to his right. Fakes the give. Tannehill keeps. First down and more. 40, 30, 20. They're chasing him. 10, 5, and Tannehill takes it 45 yards to the house. Now the Cardinals and Westwood won on the call there. So Tennessee favored by three at home. And I don't ever see a scenario where you're going to pick Kyler Murray over the Tannegoat. Funny you should say that. <laughs> no, I did right. take Tennessee on this one. I, I thought about it, though. Arizona, and, and it's funny because I like Arizona because of the defense versus the fact that the uh, the new offensive coordinator, Todd Downing for the Titans, not very good. Arthur Smith left for Atlanta. Um, I, I, I'm shaky on the Titans in this one. I took them, but I'm shaky. Yeah, I got the Titans in this one as well. But the Cardinals, if they can... Get off to a pretty hot start. They got A.J. Green there. Not that that's a huge move. I'm, I'm not buying the offense. It's a defense okay. Arizona that wins that one for them. Okay. All right. We'll check it out. Next game, Chargers at Washington. Robert to pass. Throws out to Eckler. He's got the first down yarders. Pushes to the end zone. Touchdown, Chargers. Play action. He's got him wide open. Throws to a five. Into the end zone. Touchdown. Touchdown, Washington. Six-yard touchdown pass. Dwayne Haskins to J.D. McKissick. Now, you're not going to hear... Where'd you find a Haskins much highlight? Dwayne Haskins. Uh, that is the Chargers in Washington Radio Network. The, this one, Washington only favored by one. I think that number should be much bigger. I do, too. Washington's a sleeper team for me. I think they're going to make some noise in the playoffs. I think they win that division, running away with it. Give me the Washington football team. Soon to be commanders, I believe. Mm, interesting. A little bit of information there. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, meanwhile, starting for his ninth different team according to Elias uh, he's already the first player not just quarterback to start for eight different teams since 1933 and the only other quarterback to throw a pass for eight different teams was Josh McCown mm -hmm. interesting there but yeah I think uh, Washington with Ryan Fitzpatrick I think they'll be pretty good this year defense is really good yeah definitely the Vikings at the Bengals. I'm looking for my highlight here. I can't find it, but I will find it here shortly. No, it's a Bengals. They might not have any. The Vikings at the Bengals. You got Joe Burrow coming back. You got Kirk Cousins in the Vikings. Uh, what is your thoughts on this game? Minnesota favored by three. Give me Minnesota in this one. I don't think Cincinnati's very good. They didn't improve their offensive line. They drafted a receiver who can't catch the football. Uh, I don't know what they're doing in Cincinnati. Cleaning house again after this season, probably. Right, here we go. Here's the highlight. Burrow wants to throw, does deep left side, caught, end zone, touchdown, C.J. Uzoma. Second down and three, just outside the 15, the give to Cook, left side running, first down, yardage and more, inside the 10, to the 5, and pulls his way into the end zone for the touchdown. There you go, Vikings and Bengals. That's the radio networks. The 49ers at the Lions, this one... Uh... Well, probably should be a blowout, right? The 49ers are so much better. The Lions might be the first pick in the draft coming up next year. This is what it sounds like. Get a handoff to Jeff Wilson Jr. off the left side. Get a push towards the goal line. Right up against the goal line. Is he in? Touchdown! Yep. San Francisco! He's got swift to his right. 
Matthew gives, Swift dives, yes. end zone, got it! Touchdown, Detroit Lions, up and over the top goes 3-2. 49ers and Lions radio on that one. San Francisco favored by 7.5 in this game. Kind of a low-scoring one, 44.5 overall. Jared Goff making his debut, taking on what we believe will still be Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo will be the starter. Just don't know how long. Well, there's going to be some packages for Trey Lance in there, but I, I'm not buying uh, Jared Goff. I didn't buy him in L.A. Certainly not buy him in Detroit where he's going to be golfful. Give me uh, <laughs> give me the Niners in this one, and I've actually got a three-team teaser on this with the Niners, the Rams, and the Denver Broncos. Okay, okay. I like it. I like it. Falcons hosting the Philadelphia Eagles. Ben's favorite quarterback, Jalen Hurts. Hurts back. He's looking. He is going deep down the field, and it is caught. Deshaun Jackson, 30, 25, 20, 15, 10, 5. Deshaun Jackson, 81 yards. They've allowed 30 touchdowns in 39 possessions, and they allow one to Hayden Hurst on a shovel from Ryan. Eagles, Falcons, radio on the call. Atlanta favored at home. I am stunned by this, favored by three. How are you stunned by this? The Philly's Eagles terrible. The Eagles are a better team. They're terrible. And then I know you're making jokes about Ertz being my favorite quarterback because he stinks, but, you know, Hurts to Ertz, there's a sound you won't hear a lot this year. Um, <laughs> give me the Falcons in a blowout. Atlanta's Ooh. always been. Philly's a bottom five team in the league this year. Interesting, interesting. Did you guys see Tony Romo's quote about the Eagles today? No, I did not. He said he would not be surprised at all if they are contending for a playoff spot. I would be surprised off the draft in top five. Tony Romo is a wise individual. He is right. The Eagles are going to win this game. Game, and I can't wait to rub that in your face on Monday. Uh, incidentally, uh, 23 years, 36 days old, Jalen Hurts will surpass Carson Wentz and Donovan McNabb as the youngest Eagles season opening starter in the Super Bowl era. And will never surpass their win totals. The Jets at the Panthers. All the slander. You get it today. You won't have it on Monday. The Jets at the Panthers. Fourth down and a half yard. Mayfield under center. Quarterback sneak. And he may have moved the pile just enough. Let's see if the Jets got the stop. On second and long, Bridgewater from a clean pocket. Leans oh, back. Goes long. Wide open receiver more. He catches it and will score a touchdown. The long bomb to DJ Moore. Okay, so it's Jets and Panthers on that. I'm just going to let you know. For the Jets' call, we had to find a defensive play because there wasn't much offense. And then on the Panthers, I, I, look, Teddy Bridgewater. I couldn't tell which highlight was which because Br Darnold and Bridgewater both played for the Jets at one point. I, I almost thought about going Darnold and Bridgewater and then flip, but I'm like, no, you know what? I'm just going to go with this. The yeah. Jets get a fourth down stop and win a game. Holy cow. And then the Panthers, yeah, DJ Moore's still there, so... That's, that's what we used to play where Rugg scored on the Jets defense. To nah, not going to okay, do that. Uh, um, Carolina favored by four at home. Yeah, this is a tough one for me. I, you know, as much as I like Matt Rule and that coaching staff, I still don't think Carolina's team as a whole is very good. Uh, on the, the flip side of that, the Jets' defense is not very good. Their offense will be much improved. I expect to see some fireworks to Zach Wilson to uh, Elijah Moore. But give me Carolina in this one. Give me Carolina as well. The Jaguars on the road against Roads. The Houston Texans, do we care? Oh, wait, Trevor Lawrence playing this one. Just get it off, it's a blitz. Dropping, fires along the right side, once James Robinson, James made the catch, along the right side, line, touchdown! Minshew to James Robinson for the score. Handoff, David Johnson, up the middle, he's in, touchdown, Houston, four-yard TD run, David Johnson. Oh. Jaguars, Texans radio on that. I don't know how many touchdowns we'll actually hear about the Texans today, uh, this weekend, but... That is uh, a little one, poor one out. First for Gardner Minshew, no longer there. 
Jacksonville favored by three on the road with Trevor Lawrence in his debut. What do you think? I guess it was a tough one, believe it or not. I don't think Houston Texans is going to be very competitive, but often teams like this that are really bad have the motivation week one to beat up on a team with a rookie head coach and a rookie uh, a rookie quarterback. Wouldn't be surprised if Houston wins it, but I picked Jacksonville. I got Jacksonville in this one, too. They, they were a mess for the preseason, but Houston's worse. What a great schedule start for Jacksonville, who I would pick against them at every other turn, except for this game. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Browns at the Chiefs. This is going to be a fun game. Ball is down inside the one. They call it second and goal. Here's Mayfield giving Chubb running, and he buries himself in behind that offensive line and goes in for a touchdown. Nick Chubb. Mahomes fires it for the end zone. It is caught. Touchdown, Kansas City. Travis Kelsey blanketed by the Falcons. It didn't matter. Browns, Chiefs, Radio Network, Kansas City at home, favored by five and a half, though I've seen some sharps out there saying they think the Browns could win this thing. I think Browns are going to keep it close. I think the Browns can cover this one. I think Kansas City wins it. I think Browns are a better football team than people think. Uh, Kansas City's playing with a rebuilt offensive line. It's going to take a little time to gel. Um, I, I, I like the Browns to keep this one close. Wouldn't be surprised to see if they win, but I'm going to pick Kansas City. So just as a little bit of a tease ahead, are you going Browns plus five and a half? I would probably take that. I, I didn't bet it just because, you know, it's the Browns and Kansas City, and I like both those teams, but I would probably take that. Browns might be the more complete team. Just saying that out loud. Defense is very good. Another afternoon game here. Packers at the Saints in Jacksonville. Rodgers, quick throw out to the right to Adams. Adams trying to make a man miss. Dives for the end zone. No signal yet, and he's in. Touchdown, Devontae Adams. Runder center. Breeze takes a snap straight up the middle. Kamara to the 25, to the 20. Looks back, and he is going to jog into the end zone for the touchdown. I believe it's pronounced Yog. Yeah, Yog, soft J. Yeah. So uh, that's the Packers and Westwood one on the call there. Green Bay on the road, both teams actually on the road, but it's supposedly a home game for New Orleans. Green Bay favored by three and a half. Yeah, give me Green Bay in this one. Uh, you can't spell INT without Winston. Uh, looking forward to seeing the Packers run it up. I definitely agree with you on that. The Miami Dolphins are on the road against the New England Patriots. McCorkle Jones getting the start here. Tungabailoa takes the snap. He's back to pass. Pressure coming. Throws short right side. Caught by Gaskin along the hash marks. He's across the five. He's to the end zone. Touchdown, Miami. And it's a trick play back to Myers. He's going to heave a ball down the right sideline. Into the end zone. Burkhead. He's got it for the touchdown. Dolphins and Patriots radio on that one. New England favored by three with McCorkle Jones. I like the Dolphins in this one. I was I went back and forth on this one. I think I ultimately landed on the Dolphins simply because rookie quarterback in his first start. Wouldn't be surprised to see New England win it. Not a big believer in Tua Tagovailoa, but uh, at the end of the day, I went with Miami in the defense. Sunday night football, Bears and Rams. Montgomery stutters, five, four, three, two, one, end zone. Touchdown. Touchdown, Bears. Second down and three. A running play. Henderson takes the handoff. He cuts middle. He's got space. Daryl Henderson hits him with the horsepower. Touchdown, LA. Bears and Rams radio on that one. We got the Rams favored by seven and a half. I don't think that's enough. Yeah, I, I think uh, I think the Rams are going to blow out the Bears in this one. I don't think the Bears are a good football team. I think the Bears are going to be uh, retooling after this season. Okay, Monday Night Football, the Ravens at the Raiders. Jackson off the play fake, deep drop, steps up, under pressure, fires to the end zone, touchdown, Hollywood Brown. Carter center takes the snap, he dives, extends the football, and he is in for a Raider touchdown. 
That's Ravens and Westwood one. Baltimore favored by four. They are decimated at running back, Ben. Yeah, the running game is what makes the Ravens offense go, and, and I think they're going to struggle. Conversely, the Raiders offense puts up points in spades. I like the Raiders in this one. Give me the Raiders over the Ravens. Ooh, I don't know, man. Lamar Jackson's pretty good. I got Baltimore. Let's go to the game that's going to be heard right here on KOA News Radio this Sunday, 225 kickoff, and that is the Broncos on the road versus the New York football Giants. Shotgun snap to Bridgewater. Bridgewater now steps to his left, avoids, throws a ball that is going to be caught in the end zone as a Broncos touchdown and that is Cortland Sutton. First and goal from the three. Jones slides left, throws left, touchdown Shepard. Broncos and Giants radio on that one. Broncos favored by three last time I checked. So Benjamin, how do you feel about this one? Three isn't enough. This Broncos offense is going to wear out that uh, that Giants defense, which is underrated, and put a statement on it as they start a three-game win streak to start the season 3-0. and Denver Broncos in this one all over the Giants. 31-10. I got the Broncos 27-13 as my pick here. Going a little bit closer in the margins. $1, but Bob. <laughs> I'm going to undercut you me. at every single turn, every single day. That's my job. Let's see how it is. This is a lot of fun. There you go. That's our week one picks. They're in the books. Please tune in Sunday morning starting at 8 a.m. for our coverage of Broncos and Giants. This was a lot of fun. Thank you, Millennial Grant, for letting us hang out with you. Thanks for making the show easy to run today, guys. Do we have like a bump music that we usually like? Uh, the, the, Do you want it? I wasn't sure if you guys yeah, wanted I, to. Yeah, it. I mean, look, we're make, make, make the listeners feel at home. And thanks for the listeners for uh, sticking around. We, uh, I appreciate all the uh, all the stories about where you guys were on 9 11. It gave me some great reading, and, uh, you know, it's just for me, I'm, I'm always interested in that kind of stuff. So I appreciate you guys listening. Yeah, we, we definitely appreciate the calls, the texts. Thank you to Art Stapleton. Thank you to Rick George. This is what I needed. This is what I needed, right man. There. It's a Friday. Filling in for Logan and Lewis. You want to go get a beer? I kind of do, actually. It's noon. Sort of. Somewhere. Thank you to Melinda Grant. You're the man. Got news and traffic here at the top of the hour. Mandy Connell coming up next. Enjoy your Friday. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. We appreciate you. For Benjamin Albright, I'm Ryan Edwards. Thanks for listening to Logan and Lewis and KOA News Radio and everyone on the iHeartRadio app. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.